Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Sometimes I'll send off a text to my mom and dad, just kind of letting them know like something major that's happened, like something really cool for our business or our kids, or like when Sierra wins a race or... You know, Brock gets some great news from one of his coaches. When something awesome happens with our business, I send my mom and dad that text. But I don't often share that with my friends or talk about it in social media. It feels like bragging. And I guess the reason why I send it off to my parents is because I want to make them proud. But it's not because I have anything to prove to them. I just know it makes them happy. The funny thing is, I often will hear that they've repeated these stats, statistics, and stories back to their friends, which is a little awkward because then I feel like, oh man, mom and dad, don't be those parents. Like, don't be the parents who are bragging about their kids because it's tempting, right? Like, it's really tempting for me not to brag on my own two children. But then I just remember, okay, what purpose does that serve? My kids aren't hearing it. And if they are, it's going to make them feel awkward. And If I'm saying it to someone else, how does that make them feel? Why would I be sharing like all of my kids' accomplishments with a friend? For that matter, why would I be sharing all of my own accomplishments with a friend or even an acquaintance or in social media? Well, usually we do that because we want to establish credibility. So truly, there are times when I have to create a video or I'm speaking about a particular topic, and it's important that I establish my expertise, my credibility on the subject. And I'm okay with doing that because I know that's the purpose. But in any other situation, it just feels like I'm bragging. And so what is bragging? Why is it we feel like we have to do more? What are we trying to prove? I'll explore that and so much more in this episode. Interested in being in one of those test groups for my upcoming metabolism program? Awesome. To get on the wait list, go to dietbetatest.com. Again, that's dietbetatest.com. Enter your name, your email address, and you'll be first to know when we open up our next test group. Test groups are specifically for those who have identified themselves as weight loss resistant, struggling with your ability to lose weight. This is not an exercise program. Rather, test participants should have a minimum of 10 pounds to lose and have struggled for six months or more with weight loss resistance. To learn more or to be notified when we're conducting our next beta test, please go to dietbetatest.com. Again, that's dietbetatest.com. Have you noticed that some people seem to need to prove their worth, their good looks, their attractiveness, their value, their smarts, who they're connected to, who they know, what they're capable of, that some people just really need to broadcast to the world all of these things. These are the people who 
you know, they kind of flaunt it in social media. They tend to overhype the things that they've done. They're the people who, oh God, it drives me crazy. They've rented a Bentley or they're living in this big, amazing rented home that is like so outside their actual budget or they rent an airplane for the day. Like they just are trying to perpetuate what it is they've accomplished. Or maybe it's something they really have accomplished, but they spend so much time flaunting it or publicizing it that you start to ask yourself like, wait, why? Why are you doing this? And I get it. There are those especially like in social media and lifestyle brands that that's kind of what works. Like that's how they attract people who they want to help, who just by showing them their lifestyle that they're hoping to attract people who want a better lifestyle. So I get it. But why do we do that? And what about those people who aren't flaunting it, but we need it? Like, I don't need the world to know this, but I need to prove it to myself, or I need to prove it to my mom and dad, or I need to prove it to my coworkers. You know what I'm talking about? Those things that they don't serve any real purpose. They aren't going to make us more money. They aren't going to make us a nicer human being, but it's a status, It's an achievement, an accomplishment. And these are the kinds of things that people say, I need to do this because it's, quote, on my bucket list. You've probably heard me say before that I think goals that we say are important to us because, quote, they're on my bucket list, that those are usually goals we haven't really explored. We haven't really looked at the meaning behind them. Now, I'm not going to make a blanket statement and say that I hate all bucket list goals because, you know, it might be just something you've decided is a bucket list, like, you know, taking your mom on a European vacation. That's awesome. But let's explore those bucket lists, those goals that we know don't serve any purpose other than making us feel more valuable, more important, special, if you will. Because I don't think those are goals that belong on a bucket list. I think those are goals that we're calling bucket list goals, but they're really about our ego. Like, for example, I just need to finish a marathon. Well, that's a great goal if you can back it up with something other than a bucket list. I want to win a fitness competition. That is an adequate goal if your reasoning behind it is because you want to get in the best shape of your life. It's a way for you and your husband to bond together and to spend time working out because your kids have left and you're an empty nester and now you have all these additional hours to fill and you want to learn more about the body. But if to win a fitness competition or even just to enter a fitness competition is on your bucket list simply because you want to look like that and you have kids at home and you haven't really explored what goes into that, I personally think you need to explore that a little more and ask yourself, what are you trying to prove? By doing this, what will it tell the world about you? And why do you need that affirmation? Why do we need affirmation from the world? And I'm going to be very honest. I set out to become a New York Times bestselling author as a quote-unquote bucket list goal. Like I really did not explore that goal when I initially set it for myself. I just said, I'm going to do it. And then once I started doing the research and, and realizing what it would require, I then realized that I didn't need to be a number one New York Times bestselling author because knowing what would go into it would sacrifice those things that are important to me. Rather, I looked at the research to figure out, okay, what would it require? What type of commitment? How much time would it take for me 
to be able to just hit the list. And then I had to ask myself, why do I want to hit the list? Is it going to make me more money? Well, not really. Although, I mean, hitting the list doesn't necessarily mean you're selling a lot more books than someone else. There are certainly people, I don't know if you realize this, who don't hit the list, but have sold far more books than someone who did hit the list. So it shouldn't be a goal set for monetary reasons, although I guess you could argue it, it did open up more doors. But the bottom line is I had to be able to answer the question, why do I want to do this? And I had to be honest with myself and ask, am I doing this because I think it's going to make me feel more important? And I'm going to tell you that part of that answer was yes. Part of the reason why I went after that goal was I did feel like that would make me feel more significant. Now, you might ask what percentage. I I don't know if I can give it a percentage, but I know that that percentage was small enough that the other reasons why I wanted to do it made more sense. In other words, it would give me the opportunity to speak for more stages, or it would give me the credibility that I needed to build my online business and to establish myself as someone who is a personal growth expert, and not just someone that people knew only from fitness. If you've listened to many episodes of The Shaleen Show, you have probably heard my story before. If not, I will link to it in the show notes, or you can just go up to your search window in any podcast app and you can type in Shalene Johnson, my story, and you'll kind of get the backstory about how I grew up as an entrepreneur and the many different businesses I had before starting a fitness business. All of that to summarize into the following statement, which is I found myself being known for fitness And wanting to, I don't want to say reject that, but almost, I almost wanted to tell the world, but do you realize I've done so much more than fitness? I'm, fitness is like one little sliver of who I am. And, and part of the reason why I wanted to create an identity for myself other than fitness was because I knew there was so much more to me and so much more I wanted to offer people than just fitness. I think it all relates. I think one needs the other, whether it's personal development, physical, mental, our nutrition, our relationships, our faith, all of this stuff relates. But for me, I wanted to establish credibility in an area other than fitness. And that was my primary motivator. My primary motivator wasn't my own significance or like feeling like that would make me important. Rather, it was to establish my credibility in an area outside of fitness. Yet because I took a very long and hard, honest look as to what was motivating me to set that goal, I now know that even though I would love to have a second New York Times bestselling book and even a number one New York Times bestselling book, I know that is a goal I would only go after because I need affirmation from other people. I know that that goal doesn't make sense for my business or my family or my true priorities. It would only be serving my ego. That's the honest truth. So you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to write another book. I'm actually working on a couple at the moment, but I don't need them to be New York Times bestsellers. I just need them to help people. And that's how my mind has shifted since the time that I wrote Push when I started writing it back in 2010, 2011. Now, I bring this all up because I think many of us never got the confirmation that we needed. And this often stems from early childhood. I mean, When you dig away at the layers and ask a grown adult, you know, a little bit about their parents and what they were like and how they were able to 
win the approval of one or both of their parents or or what parent it was they weren't able to connect with, or maybe even what parent it was that they wanted to be most like and they didn't get to spend as much time with or didn't connect with them in the way that they wanted to. When you talk to adults who are still trying to prove something and you allow yourself to actually think back on where some of these feelings started, like where did this begin, this feeling that you needed to prove yourself or that you would have someone's approval if you did X, Y, Z, or maybe that you could keep things calm. Let's say that you were raised in a family that was very volatile, like your household was abusive or one of your parents was addicted to something, alcohol or or drugs, or that you just never formed an attachment with one or both of your parents or your caregivers. Those things really impact the way that we still feel we need to be validated even as adults. It's fixable though. And the first step is just self-awareness. I want to give you an example and I can't name names. Okay, so let me think about how to do this. I have a friend who's very high profile and is an extremely successful individual. I'm not going to tell you male or female. And I've got like lots of very successful friends. So right now they're all trying to guess, "Uh uh-oh, is she about to talk about me? Well, you'll know by the story. Well, this individual, whenever I reach out to them, even just to like share something little, like a personal thing, like a family, like just how's your day or whatever, random stuff, this person always comes back with like a quick reply to whatever it is I've mentioned. And then almost like a resume, like I've done this and I've done this. And I don't know if you heard about this, but this just happened and this just happened and this just happened. And of course, it's a friend. So I'm happy for this person and I always reply back like, wow, this is amazing. You should be so proud. But after a while, like after years of this, I'm like, this is so weird. Like all I said was happy Easter and now I'm getting this person's resume or on the rare occasion when this person will reach out and say, hey, how did this thing go for you? Asking maybe about something related to my business and I will share it with this person And like immediately within two seconds, I'll get a reply text. It's like, like so long with all of their accomplishments and specific, you know, statistics and feels like a resume. Why? Dude, we're friends. Like you don't need to go there. It's weird. But I think this is just me like being Dr. Phil for the moment. That's because this individual still seeks validation. And that quest for validation is going to, I can see it, it has affected this person's health, their relationships, their ability to be present, their ability to truly be happy, even though they, I think, put up the front that they're always happy. It's just clear to me that they're kind of tortured by a need that will never be met. And here's why. Because when we set goals for ourselves, to be the world's greatest, to be top ranked, to be the best, to be number one, to win the ultimate, to finish at the best, like all of these things. And we don't really ask why it is we're doing this. I think we sacrifice elite and in the process, we create defeat. Ooh, that's tweetable. And what's so dangerous about this is that we don't realize the defeat that we've created in an effort to be elite. I see it all the time. 
people who set goals for themselves that it's beyond success. It's that I need to be, and they set a very outrageous, audacious goal. It's to rank. It's to be number one. It's to be the world's greatest. It's to be the world's best. It's to be the first this or the largest that or the person who sold the most, you know what. Like whatever it is, when it's like, when it's truly to like be the best, there's always something that has to pay the price. And it's usually everyone who matters to us around us. I mean, I've seen parents do this who neglect their relationships with their children, with their spouse, because they've made it a goal to be the best, the world's greatest, number one. And they they miss out on actually being able to be present with their family. Like you can't make it your goal to be the elite, the best without paying the price in some other area. You just can't. Can you be near the top? Yeah. I just don't think that you're going to find someone who's like the best, the greatest, the number one, like all those adjectives who hasn't paid the price, better stated, who hasn't forced someone who didn't sign up for this to pay the price. And too often, the person who has to pay the price is you or the person who's after that elite goal, right? Like you end up paying the price. You end up paying the price because you're never at peace. Like if you end up in second place and you didn't hit your mark, And so that's devastating. And then you think about all the sacrifices that you made to make it oh so close that you'll embark upon likely that same journey again. Or worse yet is when you do hit your mark, you are number one. And now in order to maintain that feeling, which you really never even got to experience, you feel like you have to maintain that rank, which is just, you know, you never get to enjoy it because somebody else can be coming right behind you or can surpass whatever it is you were able to accomplish. So there's never this true sense of feeling that you deserve what it is you set out to accomplish, what it is you set out to prove to the world. And that's the problem is we're trying to prove this to who? To our parent that we never talked to, to a sibling who could care less, to a teacher who doesn't know who you are? Like, who are we trying to prove this to? Honestly, we're trying to prove it to ourselves. We think we're trying to prove it to the world. Actually, most people don't even realize that they're trying to prove something. But here's the worst part about all of this. Worse than the fact that it's you that ends up suffering is the people who really do matter to you end up paying the price. When you strive for the top, the elite, the best, numero uno, many sacrifices must be made. Sacrifices of time, and most importantly, attention. And what suffers most when you have limited attention? Your relationships. Yep. Even Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, told a biographer once that he wanted his biography to be written in a way after his death so that his children would know something about their father because he wasn't around to allow them to experience who he was. And even in this statement, it's like he's missed the point. The point is he didn't get to experience who his children were, which could very possibly have been the greatest joy of his life, his legacy. 
And maybe you can argue that Apple is a pretty amazing legacy, and I'd agree with you. But is it you want to leave a legacy for the world or leave a legacy on the hearts and minds of our children? Like, wouldn't we all live in a better world if we focused less on trying to prove things to the world and more on trying to raise children and keep our relationships intact? Like, wouldn't the world be a better place if we focused more on doing what's right for other people first, as opposed to doing those things that prove to the world that we are as smart as we want them to think we are, that we are as talented, as fit, as thin, as tall, as rich, as, as whatever it is you want to enter as the adjective. Like, why do we want to prove this to people who, frankly, don't care? It doesn't make them feel better about you. And here's the funny thing. It doesn't usually make you feel better about you either. What makes us feel better is not trying to be the elitist, but to be our best. And in a full circle kind of way, like not just be our best in one area, not just be our best financially, not just be our best physically, but to be our best as a whole. And that means relationships, our spirituality, our nutrition, our exercise, our hobbies, our love and concern for the environment, our relationships with our friends, our financial situation, our our ability to help others who are in need, like To be our best doesn't mean to be the best in one particular category. That's my opinion. I think we create defeat in an effort to be elite in just one area. And I think we have to stop and put on the brakes and ask, why, why, why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? What am I trying to prove? And even if I hit my mark, what will I have proved And what will I have lost? What will I have sacrificed? You know, I've hesitated to do this particular topic in a podcast for a long time. And here's why. Because my goal is to help you achieve a better life. My goal is to teach you how to master goal mastery, but in a way that isn't about collecting things or accomplishments. More so, it's goal setting creating the life that you deserve, the life that you desire based on a feeling that you want to feel. And so by doing a podcast like this, covering a topic where I'm saying, you know, I don't know if it's ideal for you to set your sights on elite. For some people, that might seem like a message that's contradictory, but I disagree. And here's why. I'm not suggesting that you hold back. I'm not suggesting that you not try to be your best. What I am suggesting is that just as I teach you with goal setting to look at what's motivating and what's important to you and who is important to you and what is it you want to feel, I want you to consider those same things when you are setting goals for yourself or making a bucket list or going after that elite status, whatever that is for you, whether you want to be an elite gymnast or you want to be number one rank this or that. And also keep this in mind for your kids too, right? Like if you need your kid to be number one at something? Why? Please know that it's not going to help them to be number one, other than for them to form a belief in their head that they only get mom and or dad's validation approval when they're the best, which requires great sacrifice. And what we want our children to know is that they get mom and dad's approval and love regardless. And we want them to be their best, not the best. 
You know why? Because the best has too many things outside of their control. So you're asking them to do something, depend upon in their minds. I know what's really going on in your head, but they don't. The message that they've received is that they aren't good enough. They don't deserve your love, affection, adoration. They don't deserve those things unless they meet your standards. Ooh, it's dangerous. I can't tell you because my kids now are old enough that we've been through the whole sporting scene. We've seen the parents who need their child to be number one. And let me tell you, I haven't seen any of those kids turn out well-rounded, confident. They're nervous. They're anxious. They have what my husband calls grandstand eyes, which means no matter what they do, they don't just stand there in their greatness and feel pride. Their eyes look up into the stands to see what mom and dad think. Do I have mom and dad's approval? Not do I feel good about what I just did, but let me look up into the stands and see if mom and dad feel good about me. It's dangerous. And all of this is tricky, right? Like you you want to praise your kids. You want them to have work ethic. You want them to do their best and to be their best. But if you look at studies of kids who are even valid Victorians, the ones who are, you know, really, I mean, that, that requires a lot to be valid Victorian. The kids who are programmed not to fail. The kids who have this incredible amount of pressure on them to be perfect. The kids who aren't allowed to make their own decisions without mom and dad butting in and making the decision for them. The kids who aren't allowed to fail. And parents will protect them from failure. It's the same thing. Again, what are we trying to prove through our kids? So maybe that isn't you. Maybe you aren't the person who's set your sights on the highest executive position in your company. Maybe you are the stay-at-home mom, but you've transferred that need to prove something onto your child. You are enough. You've heard those words before. You've read those words before. You've seen them as a infographic on Instagram. And we read those words and we say those words and we've probably even repeated them to other people. But why don't we really believe them? Or maybe we do kind of believe them, but then we forget or our subconscious takes over and we're still trying to prove that we are worthy, trying to prove things to ourselves and to others as if we've forgotten that we really are enough. And here's the thing. Other people's opinions, the way that we compare ourselves, even our own negative self-talk, that can all bring us to a place, even subconsciously, we don't even realize it, that we need more evidence. We need proof. We want to prove it, that we are enough. But you're already an incredible person. Like, I don't even know you, but I, I know that about you without a doubt because you're listening to a podcast like this. Like, you want to be a better person, which makes you look incredible. You need to find that thing. You need to embrace the fact that you really are enough. There is no perfection, right? And and no matter what it is you attain, regardless of the status, regardless of how much time it takes, you will never feel like you're enough unless you believe you're enough. I can summarize this, the whole podcast, in one very important sentence. So I want you to pay attention. Please listen to this. There is no goal or accomplishment that you could ever achieve that will convince you or prove to the world that you are enough if you don't already believe it yourself. Let me repeat that. There is no goal, 
no accomplishment you could ever achieve that would convince you or the world that you are enough if you don't first believe it to be true yourself. You have to believe you're enough. And here's the crazy thing. Once you do believe you're enough, then you'll do your best in all areas. And you'll keep trying to improve all areas as opposed to needing the recognition, the validation, the confirmation, the title, the certificate, the award ceremony, the plaque, the belt, the sash, whatever it is. Because none of those things are going to prove to the world or even to yourself that you're enough because the only thing that's required is belief. So without that ingredient, wow, it's a lot of effort, a lot of sacrifice, and a lot of people who end up paying the price. This message was not meant to dampen your spirit or to dim your light in one particular area. Instead, I hope that this message was received in a way that helps you to spread the fire. Let your greatness touch all areas of your life, not because you have anything to prove, but because you deserve to live a life where you know you are enough. Thank you for spending this time with me today. Thank you for just having some quiet time after this message to think about it, like to soak it in, to know that you are enough. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of The Shaleen Show. I hope that you will take a moment right now to forward this to someone you know needs to hear it. You do that by clicking the share button or depending on what app you're listening to this podcast, you can do so by clicking the little box down at the bottom of your screen. It looks like a a little box with an arrow and then it will say share and you can text this to somebody. You can take the copy of the link and post it to Facebook or Instagram or share it with the world. I think that's the best way we can help other people to free themselves from the torture of wanting to be the best. And until I get the chance to spend some time with you in the future, just know that you are the bomb.com. And that means you're enough. And I'll see you on the socials. If you enjoyed this message, you can also leave me a voicemail about it. You can do so by going to my website. You can do that on your phone too if you'd like. You just go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash speak pipe. One word S P E A K P I P E shaleenjohnson.com forward slash speak pipe and even from your phone you'll see a little widget that says leave a message when you tap on that you can leave me a voicemail let me know what you thought about this episode don't forget to let me know what your name is I love using those in some of the shows if for any reason you don't want your message to be used be sure to let me know otherwise thank you in advance for leaving me those voicemail messages they mean the world to me I love listening to them and I love you I'll talk to you soon this episode is brought to you by Smart Life Push Journal Write that down, smartlifepushjournal.com. It's a system I created over five years ago, which to date has helped over a half a million people accomplish their goals, become more productive, healthier, and happier in the process. It revolves around the push goal principles. Now, if you don't know what a push goal is, no problem. The Smart Life Push Journal will actually walk you through the process of finding yours, creating it, and then accomplishing that goal and all the others on your list in less than 90 days. I've taught this system for countless years, and while it works for anyone who does it, it was difficult to help people develop the habit of just creating a push goal and then accomplishing 
two to three 10 minute tasks each day around their push goal. Like that seems like common sense. And and you know that if you just do a few things each day towards your big goals that they're going to happen. But how do we make that a habit? Well, my 90 day goal setting system revolves around a physical journal that turns that concept into a habit. Now, if you're looking for one of those really fancy, pretty journals that, you know, has your whole year plus your electricity bill, plus all of your birthday cards, and it's so big and so cumbersome, you can barely carry it around. This is not your journal. I've designed this journal because I was a journal junkie. I went through hundreds of journals. I tried to create my own. I played with apps. But after looking at the neuroscience behind physically writing out these tasks, after spending so much time trying to figure out complicated day tracking journal systems and realizing I was spending more time putting on fancy borders and tapes and colors, it just dawned on me, my whole purpose is about simplicity. Like, let's make things simple. Fewer decisions, fewer distractions, a lightweight, easy to carry with you, portable journal. It's a 90-day goal-setting system where you'll set goals to accomplish in the next 90 days, And then you pluck away at them 30 days at a time. So you don't carry around with you a journal that holds a year's worth of information or even 90 days. You carry around 30 days at a time. And that's important because in my study and in working with hundreds of thousands of people just like you, I found that things come up that change your goals, that change your direction. Life throws you curveballs and you need that fluidity. At the same time, you need accountability. It's like walking around with a life coach in your bag, in your purse, in your hand. You'll always have it with you. That was key because if you don't have it with you, then your goals, your dreams, and the tasks that you need to accomplish in order to master your goals are out of sight, out of mind. It's simple. It's fast. It does two things. It helps you track your health and fitness, which also includes your diet, nutrition, your sleep, all things that make you better, healthier, and it helps you track your day, your life. So you intertwine both business and personal. This is for the stay-at-home mom. This is for the entrepreneur, the network marketer. This is for the college student. This is for the person whose dreams are so big, they don't have time to turn their day planner into another cumbersome, huge, overwhelming project. It's simple, and it also includes a complete video series that teaches you how to use a journal. Because if you're like me, I don't like to read instructions. But how you use this journal is what makes it so amazing. I hope you'll check it out and learn more by going to smartlifepushjournal.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.